Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Why. Here's a thought. What is it called? Progressive mm -hmm. Christianity. Join us today as we get behind the why of this new, not really, mm -hmm. it's an old lie. Behind the why. <laughs> Before we do that, why don't you take a minute to go ahead and hit like and subscribe. We'd like to get you involved in this conversation as best as you can. We'd just love to have your voice added to it. Love to hear your thoughts, your opinions, so we can get this conversation going. You know what I say, the more people get involved, the faster we take down this wall called ignorance. All right, mm -hmm. here we go. Let's do Behind the Why. All right, let's do it. Progressive Christianity. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to roll the ball over to your court and let you start us off. Talk roll, to me. Roll it over. Come roll on, it come on, you know, on. it's kind of funny to me because there's a lot of phrases that we have in the world mm -hmm. that sound good at like the first you know, progressive Christianity. Oh, it sounds like it's moving forward, right? It's progressive. <laughs> it's all good. It's all <laughs> so, good. So it sounds really good. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, I was looking, just reading up about it, and I've heard of it before. And the more I read about it, I'm like, you know, it's one of those things, really, it's more just like heathenism. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's not, you know, we say it's Christianity, but just because they it's talk about Jesus. It's hyphenated. Yeah. Hyphenated Christianity. And once you hyphenate it, then it ceases to be what it was. Well, and we've talked about that so many times on the show right. throughout the years. Even right. just, you know, if you are if you identify as a black Christian or whatever, you start veering away from yeah. the truth of the gospel, really. You start running right? away from something else. So you can't help it. If you hyphenate it, you by by very active hyphenate, you're changing the definition. Right. You change it. It reminds me of an experiment I saw once. Well, there's brother had this, this glass, this, this clear glass, and it had water in it. And it was uh, deemed to be pure water, mm -hmm. you know, not not the, uh, you know, nuclear grade pure water, but drinking water, drinking right. water, not the kind that will kill you, not the kind <laughs> that will kill you, but drinking water. Right. And he had as his, as his demonstration these little vials, and this one was uh, uh, strychnine and another poison. He goes, here's the water, and he goes, this is pure water. Mm -hmm. He put a drop, one drop. He goes now. That water is no longer pure. Mm. You can't see it. Right. You can't smell it. You can't even taste it. Mm -hmm. But that water is no longer pure. And if you drink it, it will kill you. Isn't that crazy? And that's what it is with Christianity. When we come to the Word of God, we have Christianity as... And, and again, and, and we, we have to go back and start looking at some of these labels. When we talk about Christianity, again, it is a label given to people... Uh, originally as a slur mm -hmm. in Antioch. We talked about that before. And it was given to them as a derogatory term. But it meant those people who were being like Christ. Like you Christ followers. Yeah. So <laughs> the followers of the way is how it was originally uh, deemed. But this term Christian has become accepted. But again, once you go to the point where you add something to that, mm -hmm. then you no longer have Christianity. You may have religion. Mm -hmm. You may have a good moral code. Right. But what you do not have is Christianity. And really what it becomes more so, and I, I hear people talk with this language, that simply becomes a lens mm -hmm. for how they view their life. And yes, you know, we could say that we have lenses and how we how we view things. But especially, you know, through my time, even just in, in grad school, and we talked a lot about this, right? We mm -hmm. talked about the different types of theories and right, how right. there are lenses that, that inform how you see the world. And if you mm -hmm. put on a different lens, it helps you see something else, right? And I think we oftentimes approach our faith that same way. And I think when we start to do that, it can become problematic because it becomes nothing more than just another type of study. You know, what, what I was fascinated by when I was doing my reading 
for this. It, it, I guess I should have been surprised, but I was a little bit. And that is that this progressive Christianity mm -hmm. is just another derivative of critical right, uh, critical theory. Oh, yeah. That's all it is. It's yeah. just critical theory. Well, yeah, I love when you, re when you read about it. You know, basically, progressive Christianity is pulling from postmodernism, so uh -huh. postmodern ideas, critical uh -huh. theory, which we've talked extensively right, <laughs> right. about on this. And, you've, and if you've been watching the news, you have seen, again, getting behind the lie, yeah. you've been seeing a lot of talk now about this progressive idea of infiltrating mm -hmm. critical theory into schools. And a lot of parents have been fighting back and pushing back on school boards. I just want to say we told you it right. was coming because we could see it. Right. If you look behind what people were saying, you saw this coming. And and again, now we come with this 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 critical theory of Christian progressiveness or progressive Christianity, and we have done the same thing Oh, we're attempting to do in the church mm -hmm. the same thing that the that the education board has done in schools, and they've left the uh, they left the reservation of education has gone into indoctrination, right. and so the same thing now is happening in the church. You're just disguising it mm -hmm. uh, through uh, uh, clerical and, terms. You know, and I think why this is so is the right word like nefarious or I like that word. Like good word, right? Mm -hmm. But I think or insidious. I think might be another good word That's for even it. That's better because. So many Christians who are kind of like unsure about mm -hmm. some of these things because mm -hmm. they don't know the terminology. Right. They're trying to come with um, kind, of, kind of that that position of, well, I don't want to judge. Right. Right. And so we're Because that sounds so loving. Because it sounds so loving. And so they're just kind of silent about these things. So they're mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, like maybe I'll hear it out. Right. But it's like, no. How often in scripture do you see like we should, we should know the word. We should know it's true. Let me we ask you a question. stand on it. Let me ask you a question since you brought that up. Okay. I have an idea. I have a theory. Okay. Um, what do you think the biggest problem is to the average Christian, um, especially in the American church, but the average Christian uh, today? What's the problem? The, the base, what do you think the most common problem? Or the, or the, I don't know, the most, yeah, the, the most basic problem for the average Christian today. I have an idea. I'm going to see if your idea matches mine. I have two ideas. Okay. Uh, number one... I think is a lack of even knowing what the word says. Okay. Just complete ignorance of what the word of God actually says. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people know the basic Jesus loves me, he died for me, covered my sins. Mm -hmm. um, I'm supposed to tell people about him. That's it. Right, right. I'm like, yeah, that's good, but that's no, there's more. <laughs> you know, like that's a great start. That's, a, that's, a good that's all you start. need to get saved. Like, uh -huh. that's great, but there's more. Once you're a believer, right. there's this expectation to continue to grow, right? Okay. And so I think that might be. I think that one of the biggest problems. I think another problem is simply, I'm going to pull from my, actually a quote I wrote down, um, Dr. Uh, Stephen Lawson. Okay. He had said this, I, he posted on Twitter, it was a couple weeks ago, and I screenshotted it because I was like, this is true. Mm. He said that the greatest threat to the church is never persecution from the outside, but carnality and compromise from the inside. Amen. And Amen. I think that's another problem is that so many people in the body of Christ, so mm -hmm. children of God, are just carnal. Mm -hmm. We're just... Now, fleshly people. I told you I have a theory, and, and my theory feeds into that. And but my theory comes off as just, and it, it's like what you said there. He said the average Christian does not know the Word of God. Mm -hmm. They just don't know it. Um, they have Bibles. They carry their Bibles. They go to church, and the pastor says, "Turn to this passage," or they'll flash the passage on the screen now. And so most people don't even have to worry about turning to the actual passage, or they have it electronically. They put an address in, and the computer automatically finds but they don't know the word 
and not just knowing what we call the addresses, John chapter 3, verse 2, no, not, mm -hmm. not just the addresses, but what that message is. And because they don't know the Word of God, they cannot defend it. Right. I, I, I remember I was probably 16, and I was really starting to feel that stirring in my spirit to know, want to know God more. And, and, and I didn't understand it. I just knew that I had this desire to know more. I mean, I, I couldn't give you a label for it at the time. I was just curious. And I thought this curiosity was coming from within myself, but I've come to realize since then, Spirit of God driving me. But I, I had seen a passage of Scripture, read a passage of Scripture in the Psalms, where it was talking about worship and praising God. And David said, praise God with a timbrel and the heart. Praise God with a dance. And I was all this stuff. And I had come from a denomination church where they said, you don't dance in church. And I was like, okay. So I went to one of the deacons and asked him, said, why, why don't we dance in church? Well, we just don't. I said, I was, I said, I was just reading here and the word of God in his songs that says, praise God with dance. And he said, well, that don't mean what you think it means. I said, what does it mean? He said, it don't mean what you think it means. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So in other words, I learned from okay. that was, I don't know the answer. And don't, don't ask you questions. ask me the question. Right. You know? And I think that's what leads to these, these problems of, or these gaps that allows us, uh, and I'm going to say it, it's the spirit of Satan that brings this in. Mm -hmm. It's not, it brings in confusion. Yeah, it's, it, this is not a, a, a Christian heart who's trying to be loving and nice. Mm -hmm. This is not. This is what the Bible refers to as Satan dressing or disguising himself or presenting himself as an angel of light. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. But really what he's trying to do is blind your eyes and take you to hell. Right. And so, and that, I think, is one of those cracks that open that door right. up that allows people to to get to that point. You have something I saw. Yeah, um, so I was listening to an interview, or no, it was a, a discussion uh, earlier. It was these two guys, and it's, the title of it was um, a discussion between a conservative Christian and a progressive Christian. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, this will be interesting. And just listening to, to their discussion, right? And the guy who identified as a progressive Christian, mm -hmm. a lot of the reason, because he said he was raised in a conservative Christian home, you know, evangelical, always going to church, Wednesday mm -hmm. nights, month Sunday, blah, blah, blah. All and the rituals. He even went to, yeah, all the ritual, went to seminary, mm -hmm. became a worship pastor, all these things. But he said he went through this process of realizing that, you know, he was just believing these things kind of blindly mm -hmm. and then started asking questions. Mm -hmm. And then he realized that he wasn't getting sufficient answers to his questions. Right. Therefore, he kind of started veering away from what he had originally believed. Or what he was told. Or to what he was told to believe, right? right? Or, yeah, just told to believe. Yeah. Um, and then now... Is, he says a progressive Christian, um, LGBTQIA plus affirming, all these different things, right? Mm -hmm. And now, and it's so funny because in, in the interview or the discussion, he's talking about God. It almost sounds like he doesn't really believe in God. He doesn't know God. Yeah, he's talking about the divine, um, that we have this ability to, to transcend. Mm -hmm. Very spiritual Great talk. Power. Yeah. It, it very well be talking about the force. You but, know? He, <laughs> but he hardly just, referenced yeah. scripture like, but it's at not, all. Because like, he doesn't know God. Yeah. One of the things that you have find often in Scripture is Jesus doesn't accuse people like the Pharisees for not knowing Scripture. He right. might tell them they erred in Scripture, but he doesn't say you don't know the logos, the word, mm -hmm. uh, the information. That's not what he accused them of. What he did accuse them of is not knowing God, right. not having intimacy with the Father. And that is, after all, what Christianity really is about, is having that relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so when we see these kind of things, when we hear these, these people, they want to be Christian, they want to sound loving, and again, the minute they say they want to be Christian, they have to say, Would Jesus do this? Would Jesus right. allow this? And so, 
they come up with these things. Well, I'm going to approve of homosexuality. Mm -hmm. and, and their heart may be, I don't want to condemn the homosexual. Mm -hmm. And I'd be the first to agree. Right. I don't want to condemn the homosexual, but to not tell the homosexual that his lifestyle is sinful and will lead to damnation <laughs> is not loving. Daddy, it goes back to this. I was like, because when you said that, I don't want to condemn the homosexual. Neither do I. Neither did Jesus. Right. That's why it says in John 3, 16 through 18, right? He did not come to condemn the world. He, come to condemn the world, he came but... to save the world because the, we're already condemned apart from him. And what did he but... say? 19? He said, but man chose darkness, darkness rather, rather than, light. than light. Because why? Their deeds are evil. Their deeds are evil. The things that man are doing, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's drunkenness, whether it's thievery, whether it's, it's violence, whether you're a heterosexual sleeping around, whether outside lying, of marriage, like whether, any, any of those yeah. things. So you choose your sin because you like it. Mm -hmm. It is comfortable for you. Right. And see, it's so hard for us sometimes to mm -hmm. understand when we look at the serial killer or the rapist or the ritualistic murderer, we say, oh gosh, those people are so gross. But they like their sin. Mm -hmm. They're comfortable in their sin. Right. I watched an interview with the uh, with the guy who's a night stalker. He's dead now, but the serial killer down in L.A., uh, in that Southern California and up San Francisco and back down. And uh, he never showed any repentance for what he did. Because he liked, he what he liked did. it. He liked it. And then all these women start sending him these naked pictures and how much they wanted to have his baby and all this stuff. He, it was a superstar. He was a rock star. But see, we look at that and go, that's just gross. Uh -huh. Because that's his sin. Now you go to, what, your sin. And your sin compared to his, maybe this little. It seems like nothing compared to it. Right? But how much sin does it take to condemn you to hell? Any. It's like the example of the water. Any. Even if you can't see it. <laughs> Any. And that's right. the problem. And so right. we are so quick to say, oh, that person's sin is gross. While we want to look at the thing that we're doing and go, well, it's not that bad. Right. And so the problem comes is that we cannot give allowance to something that God has called evil. Right. And we cannot call evil something that God has called good. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about these things like progressive Christianity, I look at all this stuff and and, and I mean, you, you gave me this list here yeah. and I was looking at it and, and I'm going to put my glasses on so yeah, I apologize so if we get a reflection here. Basically, this is, I found it on the progressivechristianity.org and it basically just gives the, the eight tenets uh, of eight tenets. And we'll put this up on, uh, my son Ray is our technician here. Ray, I'm going to ask you to put this up on the screen for they can see it, okay? But this first one here, it says, uh, people who are calling ourselves progressive Christians, the first thing they believe is that that following the path and teachings of Jesus can lead to awareness and experience of the sacred and the oneness and unity of life. So that's one of the things that sounds religious. Very, yeah. But what it all, what, what they're saying here is, is that it can lead you to a path that you may choose to walk on that makes you a better person, mm -hmm. makes you a more loving person. And right. that's one of those things that sounds like it's right, but when you get down to the tendency right. of it, follow the teachings of Jesus doesn't lead you to awareness. It leads you to repentance. It should. You know, the first thing that came to my mind, right, I read this, and I was like, okay, well, already, just based off the progressive Christians that I've talked to mm -hmm. and listened to, they're not following the teachings of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I was like, it made me think of the woman found in adultery, and what did Jesus say? Go and sin, sin no, no more. more. But what this type of religion allows for is for you to just embrace your sin. Yeah. Continue in your and sin. there is no truth because they're taking a postmodern perspective, so everything's kind of subjective. Right. So they really can't say that that's sin because, well, it might, well, it not might be, be sin for you, but it's not, not sin for exactly. me. Exactly. And once we do that, then we're not following Jesus. And then there's no repentance. No. So, the teachings of Jesus will lead to repentance. Right. And that's what you know if you're following the Lord because you're going to turn away from sin. 
which means the objective evil, mm -hmm. and turn toward righteousness, which is the objective good. Right. And so if we don't do that, then you're not following Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the second one they had here says, to affirm the teachings of Jesus provide, uh, provides but one of many ways to experience the uh, sacredness and, and oneness of life, and that we can draw from the diverse sources of wisdom in our spiritual journey. <laughs> Again, that sounds very nice until you realize that what you just said is contrary well, to the word to, of God. I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to follow Satan and I'm going to follow Buddha well, and everything. Else. And you say, no. It totally denies scripture and says that, yes. first of all, the way is narrow, <laughs> right? For those who believe. That's what the Bible it says, says. It's narrow and there's only one way and that's through Jesus. Because this says it's one of many ways. <laughs> Christianity is exclusive. And, and that but anybody sounds, can join, right? That sounds arrogant. Yeah, it does. It does sound arrogant. Until you stop realizing that, what oh, we just said, right. anyone can join. Anybody can. But it is exclusive. That means it is self-exclusive. It excludes mm -hmm. everything else. Everything else but itself. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the truth and, the, and life. the life. And the only way, not one of many ways, but the only way to right. the Father was through him. And so we see this. And so these people can call themselves progressive religionists. And they'll be totally accurate mm -hmm. in their description of themselves. But to call themselves progressive Christians is then to deny the exact thing that they right. just said. Yeah, another thought. Which makes me think. I think that's you're very right when you say that this is this is not just people with nice hearts trying to do good. Right. It's a deception of the enemy. It's a deception of the enemy. Because you're right. It's coming as an angel of light mm -hmm. to deceive many, mm -hmm. and it has unfortunately deceived a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Anyway, who says believers that are coming together, conventional Christians and questioning. Uh, uh, skeptics. And so the third, yeah, the third tenet says, seek community that is inclusive of all people, including but not limited to conventional Christians and questioning skeptics, mm -hmm. believers and agnostics, women and men, those of all sexual orientations and gender, gender identities, and those of all classes and abilities. What Jesus said to that was, come unto me, all ye who labor and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody that Jesus excludes. He didn't tell mm -hmm. whether you're a male or a female. He doesn't tell you whether you're homosexual or heterosexual. He didn't tell you whether you're this or that. He says, come to me and right. be changed. Right. So it's not that you can't come. You just can't come and continue doing what you're doing. You can't come and stay the way you are. The prophet right? says, how can two walk together unless they've been in agreement? If you're now on the road and I'm going east and you're going west, we can't go together. Right. And that we use that definition, east and west, as opposed to two separate de uh, destinations in the west, which would still work eventually. But... Because east and west are opposites of each other. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference here. When you're walking with Christ, you're walking opposite of everything else. And that's that's the position that the Bible paints as a position that Jesus took. Right. So tenet number four says what? It says, know that the way we behave towards one another is the fullest expression of what we believe. I would agree. Yeah, I actually would too. I would totally agree you with You know, that. it makes me think of the, the greatest commandment that mm -hmm. Jesus said wraps up everything. If you do these, you do well. Mm-hmm. Love the Lord your God with our hearts and mind and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. I love you. If you and how you behave does show what you believe. It shows what you believe. Really That's does. why I say to you, anybody who holds to these eight tenets are showing you that they do not love you and that they, that they are not followers of Christ. Their behavior is demonstrating that they're not Christians at all. Right. They're not a subcategory of Christian. They're a non-Christian. It's not even, yes. Yeah, they're non-Christian. Non they are in the camp of the enemy who has disguised himself as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're not nice, moral people. Right. They may be great neighbors. Mm -hmm. Great guy to carpool to work with right. and all that kind of stuff to work with. But they are not 
Christian. And that's the only difference. That's what we're right. pointing out here. So tenet number five. I know we're getting a little late it says, the clock, but let's go ahead and get says, all eight of these. find grace in the search for understanding and believe there is more value in questioning than in absolutes. Again, we look at that as one of the things that sounds really fine and smart until you understand what the Bible's definition of grace is. Right. When the Bible says we have found grace through faith, what they're talking about here is that we have found forgiveness right. for our, from our sins. Uh, that's what that grace is. I am not getting what I deserve. Mm -hmm. Or should I say I'm getting what I do, do what I don't deserve. I deserve damnation and hellfire. Mm -hmm. And by God's grace, he gives me life after, through forgiveness. Right. So when we say find grace, we, again, it comes back down to we have to define our terms. Right. And, say, and this idea that we're going to, and that is just plain stupid. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. I I'm going to find wholeness in just asking question after question after question. Right. Rather than ever coming to some uh, some definite answer. Right. Well, no. it, it's so funny because I was like, it makes, you know, in scripture it even says, come let us reason together. Yes. So we're expected to ask questions. Right. And I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, because there are some real questions that people have. Mm -hmm. um, someone who's new to the Bible, they can read it and be like, these seem like contradictions or I'm so confused. Right. Mm-hmm. And those questions don't scare God. No. We come with our questions, but he gives answers. Because God God has the answer. He's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of it. He's not it. afraid of an honest question. He will answer the question right. if you are a sincere seeker. Right. But this idea, I mean, I'll tell you how, how, how dumb this is. I'm driving cross country with my wife. Mm -hmm. And we're just driving. And we're driving. And we're driving. And I'm watching her. And around hour 16, you know what? She's not satisfied with just another question. Where are we? <laughs> she wants eventually the solution. Where are we going? Are we there yet? <laughs> right. you know? So this, this asking question after question, that's just one of those dumb things that sound romantic, but mm -hmm. in the real world, it just drives people crazy. Right. It just doesn't work. And so this is what we got to look at. These things that we see and we do so often are just plain stupid. Right. They feel good. Right. They feel religious. Grandma used to say, boy, it's like sitting in a rocking chair. You're always moving, but you ain't going nowhere. You're not nowhere. going anywhere, right. right? You ain't going you nowhere. You know, it makes me think, so the guy, that the progressive Christian that I, I was watching, um, his story, right? And, and one thing he said is that the church has really failed people. And so a lot of these people who come out of mm -hmm. evangelicalism, we call it the ex-evangelicals, right? There's a lot of people walking away from the church. That's one of my friends said, the evangelicals. Right, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're walking away from the church. And some of what they say, I'm like, okay, I can see it. I think there hasn't been a failure in the sense of, not good answers given because people don't know the Bible, so they're not giving good answers, right? For people who are truly questioning. And I was looking on um, the Gospel Coalition, but they had posted a thing about how do we deal with like questions, right? And I just like what they said here. They actually it was a verse out of Jude, uh, one twenty-two, verse twenty-two. This is the ESV translation, but it says, "Have mercy on those who doubt," mm -hmm. right? Have mercy on those who doubt. And then they went on to say, they said, don't meet doubts or questions or concerns with harshness, dismissiveness, or shallow answers. Be patient with hard questions and work with your people for comprehensive, nuanced answers. Right. And I was like, that's what we need to do. And I think a lot of people who have left really maybe even churches with solid teaching mm -hmm. for more of a progressive type church is because they felt like they maybe weren't getting answers from people. Um, See, and, and one of the problems, and you've heard me say this before, one of the problems I find in the Western church is this, is that in any given church, you're going to have two models working simultaneously. Mm -hmm. You have the spiritual, the biblical model, then you have the business model. The business model is what we typically lean towards, paying bills and rent and mortgage and salaries and health care and all that stuff. And all yeah, that. right. That's the business model. 
The problem here is, is that when we look at the Western church in general, in general, this is a very uh, uh, non-specific, I'm not targeting one group, but the church in general here, is, is that we have a tendency to teach people to have a relationship with the organization. Mm. And so you can do all the things correctly and have ideal or perfect relationship with the organization. But see, there's no life in the organization. Right. There's no promise in scripture that the organization will deliver you. Mm -hmm. You see, so yeah, there are a lot mm. of people who are dissatisfied. There are a lot of people who have been disenfranchised. There's a lot of people who have disillusioned. Been, yeah, all right. these things because they had their anchor in the organization. And the organization failed them. Because the organization is made up of people, right. fallible people. Even if they have good intentions, the organization mm -hmm. will fail you at some point. The only thing that will not fail you is faith in God. Right. And that's where the old hymn comes in, hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want to grab a hold of because God doesn't change. Even when we lose faith, he cannot be unfaithful. Mm -hmm. And so this is where the problem comes is that we have taught people, even with little kids, we tell them, do this, do that, do this. And they grow up doing this, do that, do this. But they never understand why or how. And they, they don't just, really know the God behind everything. They, they right. never tied it to God. Right. They tied it to behavior. Mm -hmm. They tied it to behavior to be accepted within the family. Mm -hmm. They tied to behaviors to be accepted in the organization, but they never really tied it to the person of God through mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And so they don't have that relationship. And so when they get out into the world and they start feeling Sweet. all this pressure right. and they do all the things that the organization told them and they get bowled over by the world because their own body is working against them or their own lust and the weakness of their flesh is working against them. And all of a sudden, I did, I prayed and all the stuff you said and I still gave in. Well, yes, you did because you weren't holding on to anything. Right. You were holding on to a piece of flotsam that was also floating down the stream of destruction just like the rest of you. You got to mm -hmm. throw that rope onto something that is anchored ashore. And that's why we need to hold on to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when we don't, then this kind of stuff, it makes sense. You're right. floating. These ideas come down the streams right. of society. We're like, I'll hold on to that. I'll hold on well, to this. And it just floats you on I know what's happened before. It's been like a year or so ago now, maybe two years ago, like the first episode, right? <laughs> but like when I was in senior, senior in high school. Uh. And I started getting that kind of liberal yes, thinking, yes, right? Yes. And it's, I'm like, it's so true because I was all about empathy and all uh -huh, these things. Uh -huh. But I thank God that, number one, I lived in a home with people who were like solid. You guys knew the Lord. And I knew the Lord. Mm -hmm. I was just stupid, yes. <laughs> you know? You can be a Christian and get stupid. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I was say. like, I knew the Lord. I was just stupid. But, but, but because I was seeking him... Um, he, he, able to throw he that brought rope, me back to the truth of the word. throw right? that rope out so of that funny, and hang like, on to something that was secure. Okay? Anchored. Um, anchored here. This is, I know to be true. And all these other things flowing, you can look at it and go, no, nah, that's not real. Right. And that's what I mean by right. having your faith in the person of Jesus Christ rather than the organization of the church. Mm -hmm. And this is the problem. This is where the feeling comes in. We're really getting deep into the car, but we should finish this up. Come on, where are well, we going Well, let's just, let's, yeah. What's we, number, it's numbers, number six. Number six said, strive for peace and justice among all people. I totally agree. You know, I mean, I think it's okay to strive for that. Will we get it in this earth? No. But that's not the point. But Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Blessed are the what? Peacemakers. Peacemakers. Yeah. And, so, and, we're, yeah. and we're to, we are to make peace with the brethren, those in the body of Christ. But, sure. Understand, wait, wait, let's, let's, I'm give a little, let's get a little the, uh, theology here. The the war, the enmity exists between whom and who? Whom and whom? Uh, I mean... Ultimately, who, who's the, where's, the, where's the war? Between our flesh and obeying God. Okay, it's between God and man. Yes, yes, so, okay. Blessed okay. are the peacemakers, right? <laughs> so how do we have, how do you get peace? 
by coming to agreement with by God. By coming to agreement with God. So yes, right. we are to, to pursue that peace, and I'm to pursue it in my life, and I'm to pursue it to you to introduce you to the gospel. Right. That's why we call it the gospel of good news, the good news of, of the gospel. is because it brings you to that place where you cease to be a combatant. Right. You surrender to God, and in your surrendering, he adopts you, bring you into, brings you into his family, and you now become part of the family where you cry out, Abba, Father. You went from being mm -hmm. an enemy of God destined for his wrath and destruction to adopt it and becoming a son or a daughter mm -hmm. where now I cry Abba Father knowing that my future is set and secure in him and all my sins have been just crushed underneath <laughs> the boot of blood and oh, I, can walk, church, I can walk free from the trash that right. held me down because of God and who he is see this is the peace that we want to offer people so that's the peace that's the peace now so tenant number six is great but for yeah, the progressive Christian, that is self-defeating because, because they to go cannot back do it. Because they're not anchored. Exactly. They can't do that. Because what they will offer you to give you peace is indulgence. It's your sin. It's indulgence. Yeah. When a junkie is hurting, you want to make him feel good? Give him a hit. Right. He'll, he'll feel good. He'll be like, oh. Tickle, tickle their ears. He'll be like, oh. Yeah. He'll feel But every hit takes him closer to the grave. Oh, Every hit exactly. brings him to more and more self-loathing and self-destruction. So you can ease that pain by indulging them. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. You have somebody who's fighting or struggling with homosexuality. They tell them, get into it. No, they just say that you're on. Say, yeah. you can love who you want to get, get into. Love it. who you love. You have a person who's uh, 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 struggling with obesity. Give into it. Okay, also, if someone is struggling with homosexuality, mm -hmm. go look up Beckett Cook. I love his testimony. And he's still preaching the word. He has a podcast. Yes. And he lived a homosexual life for a long time, but he got saved. There's he been, got there's, saved. There are thousands like, of people you know, who have come out of that deception. Yeah. You, you, social media suppresses their, their, their witness and their mm -hmm. testimony because they don't want... He was blacklisted in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. like, they, they don't want people but, to know the truth because they're part of this idea. Remember, the enemy disguises himself as an angel of light. And uh, that's right. what we're looking at. So number seven. Strive to protect and restore the integrity of our earth. Now, see, this is one of those things we look at where nobody can disagree with that. No, like, I don't want to Do we want to blow the up earth? the earth? No. But <laughs> am I going to preserve a field of wild mice while a family is starved to death? Heck no. No. Okay? No, it's about no. prioritizing. The earth right. is the Lord and the fullness thereof and, of, and all those that dwell therein. The and Bible even the earth cries so out for the full the restoration. The Bible can't right? wait to get rid of this stuff. Yeah, the earth is like... But we need to take care of people. That's the highest priority. Right. And when we're willing uh, willing to to cast off or sacrifice people for our ideas. Right. Then, and, and the thing is that gets me is that all these people who, who push this kind of earth first stuff, they're not pushing in their own backyard. They're pushing everybody else's <laughs> no, backyard. They also, got their three, four houses and cars. I don't know who it was that yeah. said it, but I, I've heard people say wherever there is animal worship, there's human sacrifice. Yes. And I was like, and we see that in America. We have oh. abortion like crazy, but yet, you know, we're saving the earth, saving yeah. the animals. Yeah, gotta be green, gotta be green. But kill those babies quick and clean. Yeah, sick. Yeah. yeah. Okay, number eight. Last, last but not last least. One says, commit to a path of lifelong learning, compassion, and selfless love. That's nice. It's, it, it, it's perfect, except for it they, they contradicts can't do it. everything that they just said. Yeah. Selfless love will not be indulgent. Right. You see, so if you, that's why I tell you guys, get behind the why. Right. It's like right. all this junk that's coming out now about BLM, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody was like, you just, you just white on the inside. You're an Oreo and all this other stuff. You just, I'm like, get behind the why. Now you see all this junk coming out about BLM because they were never what they said they were. Right. And now we come to these people here, and you understand, guys, they are not what they're saying. 
They cannot be honest with you because it's like people who, when, when abortion was really being pushed out there, they didn't just come out and say, kill your babies. Mm-hmm. No, pro-choice. Right. That sounds, sounds so much cleaner. So much nicer. That's so much cleaner. Yeah. They can't be honest with you. Right. They, it, it's, it's all a lie. And this right here is just one more lie. So so I think a couple things just to wrap up here go that ahead, I think are up. important. Wrap up um, and take I us think out. as Christians, we need to really take a look at even how like, okay, so like I'm looking at these progressive Christian, progressive people, Christians, right? <laughs> it's even hard to say, but that's what they call themselves. I'll give them their title. Give them their title. Um, give them the pronoun. I will. I'll give them their pronoun. Right? And they don't believe the Bible is no, the, word um, the Word of God. I mean, they might say that, they believe it's the Word of God, but they don't believe it's true in the sense that it's not absolute. It's more like Aesop fable, like mm-hmm. we talked about. It's a book of suggestions. Suggestions, yeah. so it doesn't really apply to our lives. And I think as Christians, we all have to come to that place where we have to answer this question. What's the is, authority? Where's the authority? Do we believe that the Bible is truly the Word of God, that it's inerrant? Mm-hmm. That is, when, when the Bible says something is wrong, and I think that's right, well then... I'm wrong. The Bible's right. So I have to change myself, right? Yeah. And so I think we all have to come to that place, that decision of, mm-hmm. of what, what's, a, what's authority in our life. Who do we believe? Um, what's it come down to? You know, I, I even hear like this progressive guy who's talking about how, you know, even the interpretation of the Bible is different, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, it's God real. Mm-hmm. Because if God is real and we truly believe that the Bible says if you diligently seek him, you will find him. Mm-hmm. He says, knock and the door will be open. Seek, you will find. You know, Ask and the answer, you know, the, you you know, the answer. Up. Nobody has these arguments about interpretation on any other book. You get a book and you start <laughs> reading it and you look at the cookbook and it says, three-quarter cup flour. You don't go, I wonder what that means. Maybe that means three-quarter cup eggnog, not flour. <laughs> you know, you don't have those stupid kind of conversations. It's like, when you people do that... It's because they don't want to obey the word of God. It's right. really that simple. And right. and you have that ability. You, you have that ability. Right. But don't do this. No. Don't say, no. I'm a Christian, but I'm going to do it my way. No, no, you're not a Christian. Right. You're not a Christian. If you're doing this on purpose, you're not a Christian. Now, I'm not saying a Christian can't be deceived. Mm-hmm. But if you're peddling this, it's not Christian. Right. It is the exact opposite. It mm-hmm. is antichrist. Right. And it's just and one more the lie from the dark. As they say, the dark lord. Dark. I think one last thing that is important for Christians. Another last thing? For, ten, for, for true followers of Christ. Okay. Those who, you know what? We don't know all the answers, but we want to get behind the why. Yes. And continue to, to stay on that road to get more answers. Get right? there. Get and there. I think that is the, uh, the call for all of us right now, especially in the world we live in, that we need to have answers because there are people who are questioning. Yes. They're deconstructing their faith. They're full of questions and uncertainties, and but there are answers. What did Paul say? You know, there are what did answers. Paul say? This is my last thing to the Christian. Study to show thyself approved. Why? So that you can give a reason for the faith that you have to any who asks. Right. That's See, what we that's want to the do. problem. Christians don't know their word, mm-hmm. so they can't answer the questions. And so instead of saying, you know, I don't know, I'll get back to you, we sung it, we do the song, uh, song and dance, and people are just walking away. Right. So. That's why my encouragement to you out there, get behind the why. Get the answers. Don't just take what they throw <laughs> at you. Right. Get behind the why. Even me, check the book and see if what I'm not saying is not, not in the book. It's in there. Because mm-hmm. I ain't going to stand before God and be caught up in a lie. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what he said. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Until next time, what are you going to say? We're going to say peace. Peace. Love you. Get behind <laughs> the why. <laughs>